Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today on the show, I'm talking with fellow anti-hustler Kristen Farrell about the topic of pop culture Christianity. Together, we're taking on the problematic message of the hustle, why we fall for it so easily, and how to arm yourself with truth. Kristen, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, girl, thanks for having me. I'm excited, but I think everybody says that. Ahead of time, I was thinking, what can I say besides I'm so excited to be here? (laughs) But I didn't come up with anything brilliant, so you just get the regular, like, I'm so excited to be here. But I love that because, I mean, the other option is people could be like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, You're going to really get a lot of that from me. I'm going to always be really excited. It's that seven, my Enneagram seven. I'm just so excited. Are you a seven? <laughs> you know, um, we'll just dive right into the Enneagram because yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a super conflicted seven, eight because yeah. I'm a really strong eight in most things. But I'm also, I'm a solid seven. So I'm still like, which one am I? I can't define. I'm a seven, eight. And people are like, no, you're not two. And I'm like, I think I'm two. (laughs) Well, I mean, not to like totally, you know, have an Enneagram coaching session on the air. But do you, have you looked at the like, is it more important to you to feel like you're not being controlled? Or is it more important to you to avoid experiencing pain? Oh, no. It's more – I'm probably more in control. I yeah. don't, don't you try to control me. I will bust out of that box. <laughs> yeah. So probably eight with, like, a really strong seven wing. Yeah. If I had to guess. Yeah, I would But agree. anyway. I would agree. <laughs> so I love getting to have people on to talk about their books, but – Then sometimes the stars align and people's books are about things that I'm also really passionate about. And that's kind of what we have today, talking about your book, Sister Walk in Truth, and the way that you have taken on some of the prevalent messages in pop culture, culture Christianity. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, and about your book. Okay. Um, so I am a Texas girl living in the Midwest. I was born and raised in Texas, so you can't see me, but I do have big hair today and big (laughs) earrings. And I actually have my cowboy boots on just for superhuman power. Yes. Um, and then I married a, a guy here that, um, lives in Missouri. He calls it Missouri. Um, and we live on 26 acres of former farmland. We don't farm because that would be scary for me, but I do think about getting furry cows sometimes oh, yes. and cause they're adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't love them? Um, and then we have four boys. I have a stepson who's almost 23. Um, and I always feel like I have to follow that up very quickly by saying my husband is nine years older than me, uh, because I'm 38 and that would be weird math, but, um, <laughs> So he's amazing and so much fun. And then I have a 14-year-old because my husband and I both brought a child into our marriage. Um, So I was a single mom for five years with him, which is um, an amazing part of my story that 
God did that. Um, and then we have two boys together that are um, eight and six. So I'm literally hashtag boy mom. Like in the uh-huh. dictionary for boy are listed my children's names. They're I all boys. love it. Yeah, it's been an adventure. Um, And then I am, I'm an author and a speaker, and I am the CEO of a women's ministry called Imperfectly Brave. So I'm never bored. Right. Ever. That's so very eight of you as well. It's very eight wing seven of you. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like I just need to let you know that my husband is eight years older than me. So we get like the weird, not, it's not weird to people, but they'll realize that he's almost 40 and they'll be like, are you almost 40? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Let me stay in my early thirties. I just got here. So <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm in my third, I'm in my late thirties and he's in his forties. Um, and so it's really, it's interesting. The, the age difference gets interesting as you get into like different stages of your, your adulting life. Um, right. so yeah, it's always, we're like always trying to figure out what what's going on in the stage that we're in it's it's an adventure but um and I also look like I'm 12 so that is always just like I always have to it's complicated yeah it's such a blessing though I'll take looking so I have braces I have adult braces now and I already kind of look young when I started my new job there were multiple people who didn't think I was old enough to have children and were very surprised to find out I had a kindergartner and then I got braces And I was like, talk about exacerbating an existing issue. I now actually look like I'm not old enough to have kids. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just add to the fun. It's fine. (laughs) So your book, Sister Walking Truth, is a collaborative book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us about, gosh, tell us about that, about putting together a collaborative book and then also the heart behind it. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I love to tell this story. It's probably one of my most fun stories to tell now just because it was it's just it's such a it's such an interesting story. It's so dynamic, but um you and I have a very similar thought process on, you know, this kind of hustle culture, this mm-hmm. um you know, Rachel Hollis driven sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, all of this mentality. Um, And I was talking with some of um, my author and speaker friends. We were having brunch and it just, we just got in this conversation of, you know, these books that are coming out and, um, and, and I, I woke up the next day at like 4am and I could not get this, just this idea out of my head of, you know what, not, not girl, wash your face, but look, girl, wash some feet. And so mm. I wrote this piece and at 4am, literally I wrote it on my phone and then, um, I posted it the next morning or later that morning. And it, I mean, it basically, it went viral and, yeah. and it went viral because some people hate, hated it. <laughs> and the comments were just a whole, I turned the comments off quite a while ago. I don't read them anymore, but, um, it, it just really struck a chord. So I followed it up with, so it actually not read the whole girl, wash your face book yet. Um, I had heard enough and read enough that I was like, nah, maybe not for me. So I literally read that book cover to cover in probably maybe 48 hours, which is the fastest I've ever read a book. It usually takes me about six months to a year to get through one book. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I, because I wanted to educate myself on why people were so aggressively against what I had said, even though I had not actually attacked the book, um, I had actually just shared what I thought was basic truth um, and read the book cover to cover. And then I wrote a blog post to follow up um, the, the social media post saying, okay, you guys, I heard you. I've read the book now and this is not truth. Like mm-hmm. you guys are getting fed something that sounds like truth, mm-hmm. but it is not. It is truth in a wolf's clothing. Like this is the, and so I highlighted just a few things. I mean, I could have gone on, but I just highlighted a few things. You know, the, you're the hero of your own story and, <laughs> you know, the big red flags of like, wait a minute, this is mm-hmm. very clearly against what we believe. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that, it's published under a mm. Christian publishing house oh. as a Christian book. And that's my it's, biggest issue. It's that's- in the Christian literature section in bookstores. Like, the, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so, so then that post went viral. And um, again, like all the comments, all of the, all of the support and all the backlash, like you hear it all, you understand. But mm-hmm. um, so I just thought, okay, like there's a message here, a really, really important message. So um, I'd already been sort of talking to a publishing agent mm-hmm. um, and, and I was writing a different, a proposal for a different book. And um, she said, Hey, I saw this post. I'm really interested and intrigued by it. Why don't you send me a book proposal? No, she said, Why don't you send me the book that you're working on? Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, actually, I'm not working on this book. Like, yeah, this is not my message. This is just something I decided to dip my toe in. And she goes, No, I think it might be your message. Um, so she <laughs> said, Write like a mini proposal for me and send it over. So I sent it to her and then crickets. And then she came back, and this is a well-known publishing house. She came back to me and she said, this is this is good, but nobody's going to touch this book with a 10-foot pole. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Super special. Wait, um, so, and this you, was the I book think... that she had, like, asked you to write? Right. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> so interesting. So, mm-hmm. um... <laughs> So I was kind of like, oh, are, okay, um, bummer, mm-hmm. uh, but thank you. And then she circled back around and sent me a separate email that basically said, this is necessary for today, but here's your problem. Um, you know, nobody's going to go after Rachel Hollis and Thomas Nelson. Like nobody is going to publish a book that goes after them unless it's by like a well-known author. Hmm. Um, but you could do this yourself. So I was like, Hmm. Okay. So I went back to, um, my friend, Brian Dixon, who leads my writers group. And I said, this is what she said. Like, what should I do? And she was like, do it. He was like, do it yourself. You know, you know how to do it. You know, enough people. He was like, and why don't you consider take, you know, rallying some of your writer friends and doing it quickly so that it can come off of the heels of her next book, which is about to come out. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. Yeah. (laughs) I, I rallied the troops and, and what was beautiful about it, Blake, was that they could speak into lies that I didn't necessarily have experience with, Mm -hmm. but I thought they were so important. So that was the beautiful thing. 
And it's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. I mean, it was just when when we all came together, the project became whole and it became even better than something I could have done myself mm-hmm. because they could really shoot. That's what I, I, I just think it's shooting arrows. That's how I imagine, you know, us that that are going after these these this pop culture Christianity, these lies. We're just shooting arrows at it, you know? Yeah. Um, and they could shoot arrows where I couldn't. I just didn't have the experience. And so that's how it came about. And that's how it became collaborative. And I I love it. I love the way that it cr- turned out. And so I saw I self-published it. Yeah. I was the quote unquote publisher and um, compiled everything and worked with a design team that really supported me and what I was doing. And we got it out fast. Yeah. I remember it turning around really quickly because I think we were kind of in one another's spheres by that point. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't about one person that's being published by massive publishers. This is about an entire generation of women who believe these things and and for me, and I think for you as well, like that became so much more problematic. It became more about about that than one person's message. My, it was almost like my eyes shifted from her and her books to, oh no, like all of these bodies on the battlefield that were kind of collateral damage of that message. Yeah, I think as I dove in more, I was in the experience of what what I would say pop culture Christianity is today's version of the lukewarm Christian. And yeah. and so many of us don't even know it because the problem really starts with we don't know God's word. And for ourselves because we have relied on pastors and famous people on social media to tell us what we should believe. And we don't have any truth to combat that with. And so Mm -hmm. they say something that sounds like scripture and makes us feel better than maybe what real scripture would say. And so we want to, we want to cling to that because it's easier and it's not the hard thing. When the hard thing is actually getting into God's word, knowing it for ourselves, and applying it, even when it sucks for us, even when right, it means that right. we're called out, even then when, mm-hmm. when it means that we're challenged to swim against the current, that we are willing to do that because we know God's word. It's written on our hearts and we're applying that. And that's, I was there mm-hmm. and now I'm here knowing God's word better than I ever have in my life and, and still battling through it. But what I see is women who don't know God's word, who are taking this message on and it's hurting them. Mm. These lies are, they're hurting them. They're hurting their relationship with God. They're hurting their relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is flowing out in everything that they do. Yeah. And it uh, it's, it's impacting their relationships. I mean, that was one of the largest, you know, now being what, a, a little bit over, what is it? When did I? Okay, so a little under a year of like being super vocally anti-hustle, you know, that your your understanding and your knowledge and your message morphs and I stand at it now and realize, I mean, it really is just so destructive, but... Mm-hmm. 
I think that one of the enemy's favorite tools is to is division and to get oh. in between people. And that's what hustle culture does because it teaches you not to extend grace to other people. It teaches you that everyone and everything is transactional and that there is something to be gained because everything is in pursuit of the elevation of yourself. And mm-hmm. it, it, it sets everyone as competition against you. And I feel like I can sometimes like it's like you look out on the internet and you're just watching it happen you're just watching the division take root because people are grabbing on to this this hustle message and taking it on as their gospel Mm -hmm. and I feel like Satan really loves that if I had if if I had something that you said that I was like oh man I don't feel like that aligns I would go to you separately and be like hey hey girl Right. What did you mean by this? And right. I have done that before. And, you know, I don't sit in, in judgment. That's not, I've, I've been in a federal court before. I can tell you the role that I don't want is the role mm. of judge. Right. That is, that is nothing I ever want. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have somebody's life in my hands, um, knowing what a human I am, but right. I can say, it is my job with with the gifts and the platform and the role that the Lord has given me. It is my job to say, sisters, turn your face and look at what is happening. Look at the truth. Look at God's word. What does that say? Run this through a filter mm-hmm. of God's word. And, and what do you come out on the other side with? Mm-hmm. That is my job. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. And right. that's not that's not doing something that I'm not supposed to do. That's doing something that's hard and stepping out <sighs> and putting my neck on the line because it's worth it. Well, and there's so many more examples in scripture of that happening than anyone who believed truth just rolling over and being like, "Well, oh well. I'm just going to leave that one there." Like, no, that literally almost never happens in scripture. They always step up. There's verse over verse of test the spirits and be discerning and hide scripture in your heart so that when someone challenges the gospel, you have something to say back. Like, Um, Sister, read your Bible. It just comes from the fact that there was a time in my life where I actually got to a point where I had to know God's word for myself because I had a decision that needed to be made and it needed to be made well. Mm-hmm. And I went to the scripture and I was like, I actually don't know how to even find the truth mm-hmm. in this matter. Yeah. And was like, oh, crap. Like Nobody can tell me and I have to know for myself. And that altered the course of my relationship with God because I didn't know the truth. And it was so relevant to me that it convicted me in such a good way. And that's where we're at. Women of Christ, that's where we're at. Like you have to start making decisions on your own and you need to read your Bible and you need to know it because Mm -hmm. it's too hard to decide out in this culture today what the truth is if you don't have the word written in your heart. Amen. Have you ever felt like you have the words to share, but you don't know where to start? Have you struggled with the tension between the art of writing and the business of publishing? 
Well, with the help of Hope Writers, an online community of working writers, you can learn how to share your words of hope with a world that desperately needs to hear them. Hope Writers helps writers make progress by finding and following the path to sharing their words with a reader without feeling lost, discouraged, or overwhelmed. To learn more and discover which of the six stages of writing you are currently in, visit crappychristianpodcast.com slash hopewriters. You have words of hope. Hope Writers wants to help you share them. And so I'm so thankful that there are women that are kind of ahead of that, that are not only saying, hey, you need to do this, but here's some ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, I've been on, you know, I mean, I just talked about how I didn't know the God's word enough and I was in my own very lukewarm season. But then after that, I really got into, you know, I, I took it a little too far and got into sort of a legalism side and, and, and God, honestly, <laughs> within the last year has been like, Hey, you got to stay in the in-between here. Like mm. you, you need to have both. Um, and, and I've learned so, so much about holding that tension. Um, I talk a lot about holding attention between grace and truth. Like you're right in that, that there's a sweet spot there of, of this grace and law conversation. And it's the, and, I mean, mm-hmm. we can have an, and there, and, and that, that is a sweet spot for us to, to really operate in, to also love others well, Mm -hmm. to love ourselves well, and to love God's word. And, and we really can be in that spot, but you have to be willing to get in the word and let it change you and, and go even beyond, beyond grace and, and get into the law. And, and then, and then God will show you how to stay in those both. At the same time, he gives us opportunities um, to not only see our own flaws, but to um, extend grace to other people in their flaws. And Mm -hmm. we learn how to do that through the word. Yes, I completely agree. Well, and I think so much comes from our previous experience, right? So if you come from a super legalistic upbringing, and you've kind of broken out of that, and you've tasted and seen and experienced the beauty and the freedom and in, in grace, I can totally understand how you'd be like, I'm never going back to that. I'm never, I'm not touching law. I'm not touching legalism. This is what Christ died for. Absolutely. And that really, I think that also comes from, I mean, I think the word is super important, but also like getting out there and doing life with other people mm-hmm. um, and, and allowing yourself to love people that, um, don't don't look like you don't believe mm-hmm. in what you believe in i mean i think if we can get out and get experiences with the with the lost with the hurting with um you know people who don't look act and think like us if we can get out of the pew a lot more um you know that is going to give us that perspective a little bit more on extending grace but hanging on to the truth at the same time and that mm-hmm. i mean really that has altered and changed the course of my life is learning that through loving somebody that in Christian culture is deemed unlovable. 
Amen. I completely agree. And I love that my favorite interviews are always the ones where we go off script and don't answer any of the questions that I had written. And this is one of those (laughs) because, and I should have known uh, both of us having kind of the same passion touch point that that would happen. I don't know why I even bothered. (laughs) I should have just been like, let's just start talking and let it do its thing but this message is so important and I think Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but I am so encouraged by the people who are stepping up and being brave and even Mm -hmm. if that bravery looks like resharing something you or I posted or anybody else that's like a thought leader in this movement it makes my heart sing every single time because I have and I'm sure you do as well like months and months under my belt of people showing up in my inbox or showing up in my dms thanking me for saying hard things and being supportive but being entirely too afraid to say something themselves and I I'm not quite confident enough to say that like there's a culture shift happening but people are waking up and people are kind of looking around and realizing, oh, crap, I've bought a lie and this is not what Jesus said. Absolutely. And and really, I love to see that God is raising an army. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe that there is an army of women that there are light bulbs turning on all over the place that are like, wait, this is not the truth. Hang on hang on. And that they are willing to say that. And we see that in kind of the online group that we run in and, and the women that we, that we associate and run with in this kind of this weird ministry online space Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we have here. Um, and, and I love that. And we, we, we can rally around that and we can put our money towards their books and we could mm-hmm. book them as speakers for our events. And, you know, we can, we can rally around this message as a group of Christian women who are empowered by the name of Christ and the truth of his word. And we can start using our buying power and mm-hmm. our influence and the circles that we're in to raise up what the truth is. And, and, and I believe that oftentimes we think that we can only use our voice. And if our voice isn't strong enough, then we don't have a horse in this race. Mm-hmm. But that is baloney because you have so much just the, the strength of, you know, following and clicking a like and subscribing to somebody's website that speaks the truth and and choosing them as a speaker over somebody else. These are the ways that we can support and uphold the women that that God has given a voice to. And and we can do that instead of putting our purchasing power somewhere else. Completely agree. And that's such a good point. You know, I think we can what you said about we think if we don't have a loud enough voice that we don't have a horse in the race and there's so many other ways to get in the race. Mm-hmm. I, I think that if nothing else, we can do exactly what you said and use our spending power to support women who are speaking truth. And that's that's a way to be in the battle that's just as important. Absolutely. To uphold and support the message of God is you can basically never, I don't think you can really go wrong with that. But you know, what you said just a minute ago, women, we, and it's not even women, it, 
our culture does not want to do the hard thing. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to put in the hard work. We don't want to have to deny ourselves and take up our cross. We don't want those things. We reject them and Mm -hmm. they are hard. But Mm -hmm. this, and, and so this message is is to me, that is the easy way out at the Mm -hmm. beginning. It will make it so much harder for you in the long run because it's not the truth. But we as a culture have got to start learning how to do the hard things because they are the things that glorify God. And in the end, that is the goal. That is the end game is to glorify and honor God with every single thing that we do. And that's not easy and that's hard. And we're going to be up against a battle, but it is worth it. Mm -hmm. It is worth it to live that way. And, and I, I, you and I don't say anything like this from, from a place of perfection because it's ongoing. It is only in perfection and, and it is, only from constantly doing the the doing it the hard way and learning but we can speak truth into that and say you know what when you do the hard thing when you pursue Christ and when you turn off this lukewarm christianity that feels so good for the moment you actually it's better it's just mm-hmm. better over oh here on gosh. the other side it's it's a relief it literally takes the pressure off of you and it puts it right where it's supposed to be which is on the cross right i mean come on it's so good Mm -hmm. and it's so true Mm -hmm. and i think that more than anything i'm like people need to get your book they need to pick this book up they need to read the truth within its pages from a bunch of really solid wise women and Mm -hmm. i love what you said about it being ongoing and that it's not a place from of perfection because you can get it. And I've had a lot of people DMing me that recently. They got it and then they slid right back to where they were. And it's you just have to be aware. You have to constantly be on guard and be testing the spirits because it's everywhere. This yeah. message is everywhere, even within the church at this point. Yep. It's true. So... This was an incredible conversation, and I'm not surprised. Um, We close out our interviews with rapid-fire questions. Okay. So we already – we had a full-blown Enneagram conversation already. So that's the first question usually is what's your Enneagram type. Uh, What is your coffee order? Okay. Well, I am on a big, giant health kick right now because I got tired of feeling um, sick from the things that I was eating. So unfortunately right now my coffee order is uber boring and I just drink black coffee with like raw sugar in it. It's, I know it's not like my preferred, I really do prefer. Um, there's this thing called a Mexican mocha that a local coffee shop makes here. It's to die for. That's what I would prefer to drink. But (laughs) right now I'm doing this. Yeah. That sounds Amazing. A Mexican mm-hmm. mocha. Yes, please. Yeah. When you're here, we'll get Yes. One. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. What, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would really love to fly. Okay. Um, I've always lived far away from my family. Um, they live in Texas. I live here. And I would really love to just be able to fly there because I have two nieces that 
are like all the heart eyes in my face and I just love them and I want to squeeze them all the time. And they live in Texas. And so I'd like to fly there when I want to go. Yes, absolutely. That's a, a very, it's, it's, a, it's flying is just a good answer. Like, yeah, of course I want to fly, you know? And I really feel like I could rock a cape like real good. Oh, absolutely. You could totally uh-huh. rock a cape. Uh, uh-huh. Tell people where they can find and follow you and get a copy of your book. Okay. Um, so I love to hang out on the gram. So Instagram is just my name, Kristen Farrell. It's spelled kind of strange, but I'm sure it's in the show notes. Yep. Um, and then I'm on the book of the face. Um, <laughs> and I am on Twitter, you guys, but Twitter is terrifying to me. So I just hop on real fast and then I get terrified of all the things that are being talked about and I just jump off. So I'm learning to be a stayer on Twitter. So it's at cferrell23 on Twitter. Wait, um, so I'm having the same exact experience with Twitter right now. Just, like, I feel like I'm trying to, like, tr- like trudge into it. And it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's so and really, much. I'm only on Twitter for Beth Moore. I'm only on Twitter for her <laughs> right now. So... Um, and then you can actually get the book where books are sold. Um, so Amazon, you can do an, it in ebook, ebook form or get a paper copy and then like Barnes and Noble target. Um, so yeah, go check it out. It's sister walking truth and you can find me at kristenferrell.com. Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much. This was so much fun to just have a conversation about something I'm super passionate about, but I know that it's going to be impactful for people and I hope that they they grab your book and follow along because you have so many important and great things to say Mm, thank you I knew that this was just going to be the best this is the best can we do this every week right (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.